What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is episode six of the Skewered Universe podcast. I probably should have just said welcome to the Skewered Universe podcast first, and then told you this was episode six, but uh, I do things how I want. We do it however we want. Exactly. There's no rules. No rules, just right. That's from some restaurant, I think, and I can't remember what it is, so moving on. Uh, it's been a while since I recorded. The last two episodes, as you probably have heard, were the Marvel Spectaculars I did with my buddy Chris. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. There's been a lot going on lately. Uh, Very exciting. Most, mostly good. Yeah. Uh, the only bad thing that happened was I tweaked my knee. Yeah. Strained something in it. So that's been... I've been on the shelf <laughs> trying to recover. But... Yeah, yeah, mostly good stuff yeah. going on. Tons of good stuff. Lots of good stuff going on. Uh, been playing a lot of WWE 2K18 again. And started replaying Batman Arkham Asylum recently. Mm-hmm. As I picked up the Return to Arkham uh, collection on PS4, because it was like $10, and I really enjoyed those games, and I figured, what the hell? I like watching you play those games. <laughs> They're fun. Yeah. They are fun. But there's things I'm noticing now that I didn't pick up on the first playthrough. So I'm like, oh, I don't know if I played it correctly. Mm. Or if I played it the way it was supposed to be played, or if I mm -hmm. went a different way. That makes sense, so, because there were some points where you looked like you were struggling on what to do next. Yeah. Even though I know you've played it before. Yeah, and I played that game probably... Around the time it came out, which I think was 2008, I'm not entirely certain, and I'm not going to look it up right now, because Nobody that's not cares. how we roll. Nobody cares. <laughs> it's an older game. I played it on PS3. I beat it, mm -hmm. but I was like, what the hell? I want to revisit it. It's it's really, really fun. Uh, we also, well, I got to fill a gap in my horror movie catalog by watching mm -hmm. Rosemary's Baby Yeah, uh, about a week ago. Mm -hmm. You had already seen it. Yeah. You know what? Uh, let's just put a pin in that for a second because I totally forgot to let everyone know oh, I'm that here. you were back. <laughs> Leanne is back with us. Hi. Wow. What that a was, jerk. I am a horrible host. This is, this is how he treats me, folks. I am a horrible host, and when I don't <laughs> podcast more frequently, I forget to introduce people. It's okay. You're oh, all good. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, so... Back to what we were talking about, Rosemary's Baby. We've, we've had it in our queue for quite a long time. It was one right. of the movies that we had a list of. Jeff... Movies Jeff hasn't seen, and, you know, we're just knocking the things off the list. And Rosemary's Baby has been on that list since we first made the list, I think. Yeah, pretty much from day one. Yeah, it's one of those iconic movies that you just have to see. And we finally sat down and watched it together so I could see it. I, I liked it. Mm -hmm. It's a good movie. Despite some of its flaws... And, I mean, every movie has its flaws. Very true. There's there's no perfect movie out there. Guardians 1 and 2 are damn yeah, fucking close. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say that's Those are perfect. But, I mean, the little tiny things in there, but that's not what we're talking about. Rosemary's Baby was... 
it was atmospheric and it was suspenseful and mm-hmm. I appreciate that because I I have more of a love for the older horror movies yes, than you, you do. do. So when it, there's atmosphere, there's suspense, there's tension, and mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen next, mm-hmm. I'm all for that. And don't get me wrong, I love my gore and splatter movies. I love the monster movies. I love that shit too. Mm-hmm. There's something about being able to take a story and create an atmosphere of just tension and suspense and what the fuck is going on that I can really appreciate. And Polanski did a very good job with that movie. I don't think they should ever try, and I think they did do a TV version. Probably. As sort of a remake. I feel like they did. I never saw it. I probably will never see it, because I appreciate the original. I don't want to go watching something that I think would be lesser than. Exactly. And I'm hoping this doesn't get one of those, let's remake it. Because there's going to be so much stuff that they're going to show more of that I appreciated they didn't show. Like, they only showed the hands when she was... Mm-hmm. Right. ...getting impregnated by Satan. I think it's safe we can give spoilers. Yeah. It hasn't yeah. recently movie come is, out. This movie's from the 60s, so... <laughs> so we, we all know what happens. But then I feel like they would have spoiled the ending where we didn't see... The baby, we just got descriptions like, look at his hands. Oh, what did you do to his eyes? They would totally show that with some fully CG rendered baby. Mm-hmm. And I think it would ruin it because there's a mystique. Like, well, what is with his eyes? What's with his feet? How does he look? What's so different? Mm-hmm. You don't know. It's left to your imagination. Yes, it is. So, yeah, I, if you haven't seen it, see it. I think right now it's on Amazon Prime. I don't remember. <laughs> it was Amazon Prime, but I don't remember if you had to have uh, the Stars subscription add-on. Uh, you might have, because I think we had an if, issue. If you don't have that, I think you can rent it, but I'm not sure. It's probably available on other platforms as well. Check it out, especially if you like older horror. It's... I don't appreciate them as much. <laughs> However, I do know a good movie. <clears throat> Pardon me. And that is a good movie. You haven't really steered me wrong yet. Mm-mm. So you have a good track record. <laughs> you don't have a good track record. <laughs> uh, no, no. Just keep holding magic with Anthony Hopkins over my head. That is the worst God. movie ever made. And he is such an amazing actor. That's what's so And he's really good in the movie. He's but the really rest of good. it is shit. <laughs> The actual story is complete shit. There was, there's a lot of potential there in that movie, Magic, but it just shits the bed. And then no. it ends like... Yeah. It ended like a bad TV series from the <laughs> 70s. It was just... <sighs> but to be fair, you you had only seen parts of it. I had only heard people talk about it lightly. They didn't give any spoilers, so I thought, well, it's Anthony Hopkins and there's a creepy mm-hmm. ventriloquist dummy. Yeah. It's gotta be creepy. good. yeah. It's not creepy. It's just awkward. It's awkward because it looks like him, but it doesn't look like him. And he is a really good ventriloquist. He really is. He's really good. If he did all that, bravo, Sir Anthony Hopkins. I I believe he did. Oh. Yep. God, that just totally... <laughs> it, it's derailed me now that I've gone back to talking about However, magic. However, I did have us watch Sharknado. 
So I think that goes negative on my record because yeah. I yeah. thought it's one of those movies that's so bad it's good. And it is so bad. And I thought it was going to be really good, but then it wasn't. See, it's one of those that is so bad that at a certain point you're like, okay, okay, you're with it. And then it goes past the point of so bad it's good, mm-hmm. full circle to it's just bad. Because it seems like, like, I know this wasn't on the itinerary, but I'm passionate about this movie. There are points <laughs> where it seems like they're doing it on purpose and it's almost brilliant. You're like, oh my god, they're geniuses. But then like two seconds later, you're like, oh my god, these guys are idiots. Yeah, I, I don't awful. know. I don't know I, if that much thought was put in the making Sharknado. <sighs> There had to be some thought because there's like what eight now. <laughs> I can't I think, handle it. <laughs> I think they must have ran out of ideas after they had like Sharktopus and <laughs> Mega Python versus Giant Octopus <laughs> and Boa versus Python and like Mega Koala versus Gigantic, you know, Bow Weevil or whatever. <sighs> so they're like, well, what else can we do? What about tornadoes? Well, what if we put something in the tornado? Bears! Baronado! They're like, you're fucking stupid. And then somebody said, what about sharks? Like the janitor outside is like, how about sharks? And they're like, you're now the president of everything in this company. Get in here! Like, I don't I don't know. I don't... I can't watch That's the only explanation. I can't watch any more of them. No. No, absolutely not. The, nobody in there can act... I feel well, bad for Tara Reid because out of uh, all of them, she's the only one that has some talent. Yes, yeah. It's, I it's mean, dude tough. from Beverly Hills 90210, like, just <laughs> go away. Good. Like, start your own landscaping business or something. Just, that's what it seems like you should be doing. Yeah. I mean, no offense, but. He's seriously. probably too pretentious since his name's Ian, but he goes, I'm Ian. Ugh. It's spelled Ian. Stop trying to be all Hollywood with your name. Like, if they go, oh, your name's Jeffrey? I'm like, no, it's Jeffrey. I would expect to get punched in the dick if I said that. Repeatedly. You should talk to his mother. She probably knows. It's probably like, no, I've called him Ian his whole life. He's just a little shithead. Mm. Wow, we started talking about Rosemary's baby and we went to... With the Sharknado, and then... Uh. Wow. So yes, Rosemary's Baby! Yeah, yes. def- it's definitely a it recommend. It's a good movie. We've both been going back through the audiobook of Stephen King's yeah. It recently. Very exciting. We have a lot, we have a lot to <laughs> say about that. We've talked about it. Oh my god. There's... We could have had five podcasts yeah. done. Or five episodes Just done. Just talking about that. Yeah. We can literally just have a series where we talk about parts of the book that we yep. enjoyed and yep. what parts uh, could have been excised. But yeah, Well, maybe not excised, but cut down. Because right. I think if you start removing too much from the story of it, it takes away from the overall Absolutely. thing. Well, let's start with the first, the first part. The very first part. Yeah. The uh, murder of Adrian Mellon. Mm-hmm. Which is the uh, the sign that it has returned from its slumber to feast once again. Yeah. 
And recently, very recently, they just uh, announced that they have cast not only the part of Adrian Mellon, and I forgot to mention this to you the other day, but I'm really excited they cast Adrian Mellon, so we'll get, even if it's just a small part of the movie, Chapter 2, mm-hmm. we'll get to see what happens there. Right. Because that's part that I missed from the 1990 miniseries after I read the book and went back and watched it. Well, the miniseries can only have so much Exactly. In it. And with it being on TV and yeah. 1990... But the it book itself, too touchy of a the, story, the, the whole story, it's it's intense, and it's long, and it's deep, and it's creepy as hell. Yeah. On multiple levels. <laughs> but along with the casting of Adrian Mellon, they've also cast uh, Tom Rogan, Beverly's husband. Okay. Which... And I know it's going to sound like I'm like, yeah, I hope they give us more of what happened between them two because he is an abusive piece of shit. I, wa- I want more. I want more so they can develop her character a little bit more. Exactly. Her because character we, is actually quite complex. We see in the first part of the movie where she gains that strength. We see all of these kids finally get their strength, kind of overcome their fears. But she's one that in the book that strength fades away as she moves away from Derry and goes on about her life. And we had a very deep conversation about <laughs> yeah, that the other day. Yeah, we sure day. did. And I think we both kind of came to the same conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. In our I, don't, own ways. I don't know how much we should give away about how we feel about that relationship for people that haven't read the book. I say let's wait. Maybe we wait. Because mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of people who haven't read the book. Yeah. But have seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm kind of pretty sure that's how it went, since there was that one girl in the movie when we were there opening night. Yeah. After the end credits, it goes, chapter one. And she was like, wait, what do you mean chapter one? <laughs> and I had to suppress the inner nerd rage mm-hmm. down, down, down into the pit of my stomach. So it could form into a ball of festering goo to be expelled <laughs> later. As I realize, some people may only know the miniseries. The miniseries, yeah, and may not have even seen it all the way through. They just know there's an evil clown that kills kids. They come back mm-hmm. later on, or they don't even know the second half, which is them returning as adults to confront. The creature well, and hand. to be fair, the book is really big. It is a big book. It is. How many hours is the audiobook? 37 uh, the hours? The audiobook is, I believe, 44 hours? 44 total? hours. 47 okay. hours. I actually have to listen to it with a higher speed so that I can get through it quicker because I know you're already way ahead of me. <laughs> like, shit, I gotta listen to this thing like a chickmunk. Yeah, well, that's because I, I just put it on... With one of my earbuds in when I'm working, and even though I'm listening to it and I'm taking it all in, it helps me focus, which mm-hmm. sounds weird. Yeah. Even though it is an audiobook and it's a very immersive story. Mm-hmm. But I think we've both been enjoying. Yeah, very much. Going back through the book, especially after seeing the movie. We just watched it again the other day. Yeah. Over a couple of days because it got late one night. But. <sighs> There's one thing that is a sticking point with me now 
and that is the character of Mike as portrayed oh, in the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Because he is such an in- integral part of the story. He really is. He is the he's lighthouse also another, keeper. He's also another complex character. I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you, but no, I got excited. No. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. He's another complex character, but in the mer- miniseries... He's, you know, there's not much to him. The miniseries gave you more. He was doing the historical research. He was going to the crime scenes just like in the book. Right. I mean, more of more of like an emotional right. role. Like with his mom and dad. So we, we got a little bit more of Mike's story in the miniseries, but yeah. not so much about his family. Right. Now, in the 2017 movie, we literally got... He works on a farm with his grandfather. Mm-hmm. His parents his, burned in a house in yeah. a house fire. His dad isn't around, and that's who he is now. Yeah, there's really no characterization, and everything about him, the you know the history records, the knowing about the black spot, mm-hmm. was given to Ben's character. Yeah, and I think that's a huge disservice because Mike is honestly. I'm gonna probably give an unpopular opinion, Mike is probably the most important character in the Losers Club, and you don't really know it until they f- confront it mm-hmm. and then make their pact. Yep. Because he stays there. He's doing the research. He knows all this stuff. He's getting notes from people all around trying to tie all this together. And he's getting them to come back. He's getting them to come back. He knows... Everything that happened, how it ties, he figures out the cycle. And in the movie, they were just like, token black kid. Kind of, yeah. And I think that weighs more, that's more a problem with the fact that they had a director who was on there and was writing the screenplay and then he left and somebody else came in who I think they reworked the script, but maybe the studio didn't give them enough time because maybe they wanted to stick with their release date. So I'm optimistic that the second movie, we'll it, chapter that. two, will fix that. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just the line of, if Ben's leaving town as a kid, mm-hmm. hands that stuff to Mike and says, if you're staying, you'll need something. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be that greatly written, just something passing it along so we know, okay, Mike is going to be the last Yes, exactly. Because if they change all that around and it's Mike goes off and Ben stays, you've you've just rewritten the story. Exactly. Because Mike was the one that stayed, didn't become successful, mm-hmm. you know, got by just yep. however he got by doing his job as a librarian. Everyone else had all this great success and were making money and mm-hmm. good lives. Because they left. It was essentially like... I feel like it was making a deal with the devil. Well, if you go away... I'll give you everything you want. Mm -hmm. And they touched on that in the first movie. At the end. And spoilers. If you haven't seen the first It... I don't know what's wrong with you. (laughs) Why are you on this podcast right now listening? listening? When he takes Bill and he goes... You let me take him. And I'll give you what you want. Right there with that line... That summed up, essentially, that part of the story from the book. Yes, it did. They leave. They get what they want. Except for children. We know that never happened. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but I'm optimistic. Yeah, me too. But going through the audiobook, there's so many little things that I want to see in chapter two. It's and I such can't, a good listen. I can't say too much because I don't know where you're at in the book. I am not far at all. <laughs> and I don't know if you've gotten to where they're back in Darien. No. They've gone off on their own no. yet. Okay, so. I think right now either Ben or Richie. I think it's Richie is coming back. Okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm further along. I'm where they've mm-hmm. they've been told to go out and kind of walk around, just take things in, let it come back to you. So I don't want to. Yeah, no, don't. <laughs> tell Rona. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin anything for you. <laughs> but that's been that's been really fun. Uh, <laughs> the ending is probably still going to confuse the hell of me hell out of me as it did the first couple of times I read the book and the first time. Actually, the first two times I've listened to the audiobook, because this will be my third time around. I guess Asshole. I really like the story. <laughs> but there's parts of it I don't remember. Yeah. Lots of it I don't remember, because I'm listening to it and just... Hmm. I did not remember that happening. I read it once when I was, I'm going to say, 13. I read it, and I really liked it, and I haven't read it since. And so now I'm picking up the audiobook. Yeah, that was probably around the age that I first read it as well. And I just remember having to force myself to set it down because I'd get so lost in the story and so immersed. Mm -hmm. And it would kind of start to freak me out because you start to visualize these things that you're reading. Mm -hmm. And I'd just be like, put the bookmark in. It is a very visual read. It is. It's very descriptive. It's one thing I like about King. He can paint a picture with the words. Yeah, he really does. Not every story has been great, but the ones I've read are very visual. I agree. But yeah, it's fun. If you haven't listened to the audiobook and you're too intimidated to read a thick-ass book, because it's thick. Even the hardback is pretty big. And I have it in paperback. Yes, I know. You're... (laughs) Thick ass. <laughs> it is thick. thick. Ass. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Sorry, folks. <laughs> no, no, no. That's how we roll. This is loose. You know. There's no. There's no parental uh, mm-hmm. guidelines we're following. This is explicit. So yeah. Fuck so it. fuck it. Yeah. But I highly recommend you get the audiobook if you if you're a person who doesn't read. Or you're too intimidated, like I said, because the book is large. Yeah. Get the audiobook. It's worth it. Very, very worth it. So, I guess moving on here, the other night, we were sitting out in the backyard talking. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, under the influence of something a little bit, I don't know. We had a couple Always. of drinks. <laughs> yes, we had a couple of drinks. No, we, we were, we no, were taking we part go out in recreational. Back, yeah, we go out back on the patio and smoke every single night. And Sometimes I start early. <laughs> and it was funny because we got talking about Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. And just how interesting he is because you read this interview with him. Yeah. God, the man is fascinating. <laughs> he's so interesting. It's and ridiculous. he's just who he is. And that's... Yeah. There's no persona. It's, it's just him. Yeah. But then I started looking around on the internet for because there was that whole Jeff Goldblum is watching you poop meme that went around right. a few years back. Right. Which I had totally forgot that I had seen. And then I came across 
something that someone had posted on Twitter. And from what I'm what I remember it was put up and I have it up here on the screen. So I'll give Twitter credit to at JRDRD because that's where I found it both times under his Twitter. I don't know who the guy is, but I'm going to give him credit. And there was a pitch for a Jurassic sequel, Jurassic Park sequel. <laughs> so I'm going to read it exactly how it is on here. <laughs> yeah. Because it's fucking brilliant. Jurassic sequel idea. 3 million AD. The humans are extinct. The dino scientists find mosquitoes with human blood. Guess who they clone? Jeff fucking Goldblum. They mix up the mosquito DNA with Goldblum's. Surprise, assholes. This is now a sequel to The Fly. <laughs> that would be the greatest sequel in the history of sequels. I would love ever. it. I'd love it. I, oh, That blew my mind. <laughs> I know. We it were both blew like... my <laughs> mind. I was... That would be such a good movie. And the fact that I had to go digging back through yeah. Google and Twitter to try and find this, it was <laughs> it was worth it because I, I thoroughly enjoyed that and now I want to see that movie. I want to see dinosaur scientists cloning Jeff Goldblum and then... Accidentally creating it, the fly, too. Yeah. I, and apparently earlier I was looking, when I was trying to find that, they're saying he's up for a Fly sequel. I was just thinking that, yep. And he wants to play his own grandson. I'm like... Yeah. Yeah. Let him do it. Green light. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> First one was brilliant. You know he can do it. Mm-hmm. Why not? He's Jeff Goldblum, for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Plus, I want him to read to me like he says he reads to people. Yeah. That's a thing for him when when he and other people read to each other, like him and his wife read to each other. Yeah, and that was the one of the first things he did on one of their dates. Yeah, like, can I read to you? Because he just I've happened had... to have a copy of The Great Gatsby with his person. I want to have because I have an app on my phone that is like speech to text for you know if I have dental work or whatever. Right. I want one of those voices to be Jeff Goldblum. That would be amazing. <laughs> Wait a minute. And then they need to make a Jeff Goldblum voice for Siri. Yep. Especially for when you're getting uh, directions. Exactly. Oh, you should uh, turn at the next at the next light. Three three and a half miles. You know, just past that lovely house. You see that trim? That reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> well, golly, I think you need to make a U-turn. <laughs> I ah. Uh, He's so Listen, funny. If anyone is listening to this and can do that, create a text-to-speech app, or even just an add-on to an app you already have with Jeff Goldblum's voice. <laughs> and Apple, if you're listening, I highly doubt it, but who knows? <laughs> you are all-seeing, all-knowing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Get Jeff Goldblum to do a recording of commands for Siri. Just, just have it so we can listen. Yep. Because guaranteed, I am going to have that as my navigation. I'm going to use that as my Siri speech. So yep. anytime I'm trying to text you while I'm driving, I'm going to hear Jeff Goldblum saying, oh, what would you like to say? <laughs> and I'm going to shit my pants every time because it'll be fucking awesome. Not literally because it would get gross and expensive. But 
Why am yeah, I dating I, you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. We've been trying to figure that out since day one. Uh, science. <laughs> you, you know, know uh, love finds oh, a way. Jeez. Instead of That's love, him, but... folks. That's not me. <laughs> He's the cheese ball. Alright, so before we dive into what I want our main topic to be, which mm-hmm. is discussing A Quiet Place, mm-hmm. I feel I should give a quick rundown of some upcoming things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some big things that have just come in to play over the last couple of weeks. <sighs> it's It's crazy to talk about it because this stuff is rolling in so quick, and I didn't think it would. So we'll start off with, in a few weeks... I'm going to be doing an interview with writer and director of the movie The Rake, which was just released on DVD a couple of weeks ago, Tony Wash from Scotchworthy Productions. Woo-hoo! Which is really cool, because I own a copy of his movie, It's My Party and I'll Die If I Want To, mm-hmm. which was made, I think, in 2008, 2009, right around there. And ever since then, I've been waiting to just get more of his stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that The Rake came out on DVD, a mutual friend of mine and Tony's posted about it, and I commented, yeah, I need to get me a copy. I've I've been waiting to see what comes next. So they told me, you know, get it from the website. I was like, sure. Well, the interview came about because I got a direct message on Facebook from Tony saying, hey, if you want to buy the movie... I can't really link it up in the store, but just message me if you buy something else and we'll shoot it out to you. So I told him, cool, I'll do that, you know, and then I'll go ahead and review it on my podcast because I just started one. And then he said, you know, basically, if you want me on for an interview, I'm totally down to do it. That's so cool. <laughs> so all I'm doing now is trying to figure out dates. I have to confirm some times with him, see when he's available. And that's number one thing that's coming. So out soon. exciting! I'm excited. I'm nervous. I don't usually get nervous, but this is huge. <laughs> As yes, he's an independent filmmaker, but at the same time, his company's getting more and more recognition. Mm-hmm. And I've known about his company since 2008, 2007, right around there. So, being a fan of his work and now getting the interview him and talk about The Rake and another one of his movies, A Chance in Hell. It's blowing my mind. Because without having a podcast, I wouldn't be able to do that. Exactly. He would just be someone that I heard of through friends that I listened to their podcast and that would be it. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing coming up. And you get to think about questions to ask him and like find out stuff you've been wanting to know. How exciting. Yeah, I hadn't gone that far into the thought oh. process, so thanks for freaking <laughs> me out more. <laughs> no, I'm just giving you a hard time. I've thought about that, and I've actually been kind of going through questions in my head over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Probably not a good idea to do while I'm at work, but hey, it's not like I'm a heart surgeon or anything. So, <laughs> so the next thing is a possible interview. We have to confirm things with him. Well, it's about the same. But... He said, you know, he's down for whenever. Uh, a buddy of ours, who we met a couple years ago mm-hmm. at the Scare LA convention in Pasadena. We did. Andy Cobble of Andy Social Industries. Uh, you can check out his website, andysocialindustries.com. Mm-hmm. On check Facebook, out his artwork. Uh, on Facebook, he's Andy Social, that's one word, and then Industries is another word. Right. 
So we're probably going to have him on for an interview about his his artwork, uh, his love of horror movies, because mm-hmm. that's how we kind of just ended up hanging out around his booth. Yeah, we saw some of his work, his artwork. He does caricatures of movie horror movie villains, and he they're really good. And so we bought some of his work already, and you know we try to give him a, you know a shout out whenever possible because he's so talented and he's so friendly and he has so many stories. Yeah, he's he was just a cool guy, and the fact that he was cool with us just hanging out. I ate nachos at his booth. <laughs> <laughs> he let me sit behind the table, facing yeah. out, and eat my nachos. It was so Which, cool. It was so cool, because I didn't expect someone to be that welcoming. I figured it'd be like, hey, if you're not going to buy anything, can you just get out of the way? Yeah. But we did end up buying stuff, yeah, and, and then did. he was like, well, I can't really charge you full price. We're like, no, no, you can. <laughs> you can, yes, like, absolutely. No, it's funny. He goes, well, we're, we're like friends here now. I can't really do that. <laughs> I'm like, no, I will pay full price for this stuff because it's yeah. that good. I'll post some pictures up on the group page. You can see exactly what his artwork looks like. And plus, he also has a card game. Yes, we, we're jerks. We have not played it yet because we have a million card games that we also have not played. Yeah. But he does have a card game, and it does look really cool. And I think he's got more more decks out for it now. Yeah, I believe he does. I think he's working on three and four, possibly. Yeah. Not 100% certain, but we'll get all that. We'll get all the details for that, and then once we... <laughs> yes, I was picking a beard hair out of my mouth, okay? I'm sorry. It happens. Facial hair gets in my mouth. I look over at you and you're just pulling something out of your mouth. I'm like, what are you doing? Yes, it's a beard hair. It happens. And it happened again. Damn it. It's because your beard is so epic. And scraggly. Why? I haven't trained it. Untamed. Just like me. (laughs) Just like me. I'm so wild and untamed. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, that's uh, number two. We're gonna we're gonna finalize some dates with him. See when he's available. Mm-hmm. I try to work around their schedule. My schedule is super flexible because I only record on weekends. Mm-hmm. So once we have dates set for those, we'll get them recorded, and then I'll give everyone the heads up as to excuse me <laughs> <laughs> when they're available. <laughs> Sorry, that's a little podcast fuel. Uh, Stone Ripper San Diego Pale Ale. There you go. Is it delicious? I'm going to take another drink right now. It is, but it's not as cold as it was. Mm. Which I think the other one here is probably... No, it's still pretty cold. Yes, I have two beers. Don't lie, (laughs) you have a whole pack. Yeah, there's still more in the garage, but I don't have them readily available. I have two sitting here to get me through this podcast. Just giving you a hard time. Of course. Of course you are. All right, so that was two. Number three, and I can't give a whole lot of details just out of respect for the person I'm going to be doing this with. In October, I'm doing uh, another podcast with someone. Uh, I'll appear on their show for their Halloween spectacular they do, and that's all I'm going to say. Very exciting. I'm not exciting. telling you who it's with, what the show is, until the time comes. But I need to pick out a movie, and then we're going to talk about it. And it's going to be fun, because this is another guy who has been a huge influence on me doing this. And someone who I look to for advice Mm -hmm. when I need it. So there's... 
Very exciting. <laughs> so much cool stuff happening. It's, and it's all like at the same time just coming <laughs> in. I'm like overwhelmed but so happy because I'm not doing this podcast for recognition. I'm not doing it necessarily to interview cool people. It's a creative outlet. I can talk about movies because I'm that guy in the group of friends who's always talking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. We're always talking about that. We are. So to be able to do that and then reach out and have people go, hey, I'll come on and do this. Or we reach out to somebody, hey, would you like to come on? Sure, no problem. It's it's mind-blowing and it could help this get out to more people. If it does, cool. More if people it, for you to talk to exactly. about the same cool stuff. And if it doesn't, I'm still cool with that. Because I'm not doing this so I can be like, I want to gain a legion of followers and then I want to have a ton of fans and then... I'm going to take over the world with my podcast, and then I'm going to monetize it. That's This is not a money-making venture. This is a creative outlet. I want to have fun with this. Mm-hmm. And you're having fun, so exactly. you win. Exactly. <laughs> Hell, the last two episodes I did with Chris, well, one long recording broke yeah. into two episodes. That was fun, because one, I hadn't hung out with Chris for a while. And two, we got to talk about comic books and superheroes and all that, which is <laughs> fucking awesome. But yeah, keep an eye on the Facebook group page, October, special recording on a friend's podcast. It's going to be great. It's going to be so awesome. And then two other things coming up for October that I'm trying to get set in stone. One is getting together around the time of the release of the new Halloween movie with a friend of ours, Gary, Mm -hmm. to discuss the Halloween franchise and possibly what our expectations are for the new film. Which, we both saw the trailer. I think you watched it with yes. me. And <laughs> I had expectations set very low. Because this franchise is one that has burned a lot of people in the past. Do I love all those old 80s entries from and the first two? Of course. But I get that there can't be and bad, and just sometimes ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This one looks so awesome. I'm still not setting my expectations too high, but they went back and kind of captured that same style that Carpenter had in the 78 original. And it also helps that you have Jamie Lee Curtis coming back. Which... I didn't think that would ever happen again after she came back for those other ones, and they kind of flopped. I figured she'd just be like, nope, give him a middle finger, throw some Activia at him, and say she's done. <laughs> would you be funny? She's just like, Activia, bitch! <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Although she'd probably be more classy about it. Activia! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was laughing into my beer bottle. That's why it was echoing so weird. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, and I'm going to give this away because to me it's something that I kind of want to build anticipation for. This coming October, I believe it is October the 1st, is the 50 year anniversary of the George Romero classic, Night of the Living Dead. So, as a way to celebrate Romero, who has passed away, and to celebrate this this really great movie made on a shoestring budget and just kind of 
you know, guerrilla filmmaking in a sense. I'm going to do a special just based on that movie, kind of give you some of the behind the scenes of stuff that I can find out, tell you why you should watch it, why it's such a huge influence on other movies, and just giving it giving it its due respect. So that's what's coming up here in Skewered Universe. Some big, big, big things. Huge. I'm excited. I'm nervous. But I know it's all going to be fun. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, man. <laughs> <sighs> I can't wait, but... that That is what's happening. I guess... Uh, We'll just dive right in here to yeah, sure. A Quiet Place. Sure. So a couple weeks ago we went to the movies. I think you had decided we were going to go see a movie. You decided on A Quiet Place. This is one that I think we had seen a trailer for, and it seemed interesting. Yeah, definitely. So, of course, I was like, yeah, not only we get to go to the movies, get to sit back, have a drink, have a meal, and because of the just theater enjoy we the go theater. To. Yeah, just <laughs> we're enjoy pampered. it. And it was a good day. Mm-hmm. But for anyone who doesn't know, A Quiet Place, it was released in April of this year. Stars John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, uh, Millicent Simmons, Noah Jupe, and Cade Woodard. These are all members of the Abbott family. And they are trying to survive in, I guess you could call it a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. But they're having to be quiet. Because there are these creatures that any sound they hear, they lock onto it and will just go hunt whatever sounds they hear. So we start off, we see them in, they're like in a pharmacy. Kids are, one of the kids is running around. They're all barefoot, so all you hear is the faint footsteps. Emily Blunt's character is with her son. They're needing to get him some kind of medicines. I think he has the flu. He's not feeling well. So the other kids are there. The youngest is trying to get this, like, space shuttle toy off the shelf. So the oldest daughter, Reagan, comes up, gets gets the toy down for the youngest, Bo. And the dad comes back. They're all getting ready to go. Well, the dad notices the youngest son has that toy, and he's... In sign language, like, tells him, you know, bring it here. We can't take it. You know, essentially, it's too much of a risk. This thing's going to be noisy. So the kid was bummed, but then his sister grabs it and gives it back to him. But then the kid decides, I'm going to grab the batteries that were taken out of it and take those, too. Already, if you know horror movies, you know that means something bad is going to happen down the line. So they take off. They've got all their supplies. They're walking down this trail of sand that they've laid between the town and where they live. And all of a sudden, they kind of focus on the daughter, Reagan, and it's just quiet. You hear nothing. Well, we notice she has a cochlear implant, so she's deaf. Makes sense why they're all signing. But when it cuts back to one of the other characters, you can hear them walking. All of a sudden, the youngest son, who I don't know why he was bringing up the rear, but apparently it was fine with them, they've done it before, he puts the batteries in the toy, it makes noises, and before the dad, Lee, could run back to save him, 
all you see is the kid standing there with this toy lighting up, making sounds, and just this blur come across the screen, grab him, and keep going. That's the point where I knew I was probably going to really like this movie because within <laughs> the first 10 minutes, they killed a kid. Yep. I'm not condoning killing children in any way. Absolutely not. I just respect a movie that has the balls to go for that kind of a gut punch so yep. early in the film. So we fast forward, I think it was about a year later. They're at the house, the daughter's like out on this beach area just laying out in the sun. And they're still doing the same things, you know, the mom is now pregnant with another smart. kid and you see him testing out this like baby I guess we'll call it a baby casket slash cradle. Sure. But they were trying to figure it out so they could put an oxygen mask in there. So if the baby's crying, they can close it off, make sure it's breathing, and they're not calling on these creatures to come kill them. Mm-hmm. So all this is going on. The daughter is thinking that the dad still blames her, doesn't love her for what happened to her younger brother. Well, we know that's not true because the dad is spending all of his time when he's there working on better and more powerful cochlear implants for her so she could actually hear what's going on. <sighs> Am I missing something here? I don't know. I, don't I smoked so. ahead of time, so <laughs> you told me I was good. So I keep thinking I missed it, but I know because they don't show the creatures until later, so... I'm trying to remember exactly. I should have had the description up. But basically what happens is the daughter runs off. She goes to where the son, her little brother, was killed. So they have like a makeshift memorial. Mm -hmm. So she's there, lays the toy down, and is just having her own little moment. Well, the dad and the son have gone off to go get food, like fish and hunt and whatnot. But he told her... You can go next time. I need to take Marcus with me. And she feels like, well, you know, screw you. That's because you don't love me. You're blaming me for the death of, you know, my little brother. I'm running off. So she runs off to do her Which thing. It was totally her fault, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she gave totally it back to him. But, <laughs> but, you know, we could also say that the dad should have moved the batteries. And not that's left very them true. there for the kid. That's very true. So if they raised a smart kid, he wouldn't have grabbed the batteries. But if the dad was smart, he would have taken the batteries away. There you go. But how else would you set up for that kind of true thing? So Lee and Marcus, his son, they're off fishing and hunting, gathering food and whatnot down by this river so they can actually talk under the waterfall because it masks their sound. Daughter's off doing her own thing. So the father and son are coming back. I think the daughter has eventually gotten back to the house. Right? Well, there was a... While the mom was there, Evelyn kind of doing the laundry and that, she stepped on a nail going down into the basement. And then some... I think she made a noise. Yes. Very faint. But one of the creatures shows up. She walks back up and she sees it coming in the house. So she goes down. They have these lights strung up and they can flip a switch and turn them to red when there's a problem. Well, the dad and the son noticed off in the distance 
the lights were on. So they're trying to get back. The daughter sees the light. She's going back. It's just... It's insane, because... The dad tells his son, you know, stay over here. He tells him, get ready by the rockets, because they have a ton of fireworks. He's like, when I... You know, wait this long, and then set them off. So he goes and grabs a shotgun, goes running back to the house. The daughter is still trying to get there, and I think she's still trying to get home. I don't even think she's aware of what's going on. She might be at this point. And I'm losing... It was a couple weeks ago. <laughs> you know, bottom line, shit hits the fan. He has to go save his wife. They end up going into, like, this makeshift cellar. Yeah. They've they've had the baby at this point. And I know this is a half-ass review. People, I've, I've had a beer. It was a couple weeks ago. I've been rehabbing a knee. It's the not much of an excuse. The kids almost but... die in that uh, grain silo. Oh, yes. Because, oh, because they ran off after... <sighs> he was off in the rocket. She found... He was trying to go get back to his dad. Something happened. He got separated at one point. She found him. Mm-hmm. The, the daughter coming back found her brother. They went off to this grain silo because that was like, we can go up there and dad will find us. So he had to go... After he saved his wife and essentially got those creatures out of there, and their place was flooding, I believe, at this point, he goes out. John Krasinski's character goes out looking for the kids. They're in this grain silo. They make on top of it. I think it was was it the daughter that fell? No, it was the brother, yeah, the son. It was the brother. Her brother falls through this opening into the grain, and of course she doesn't hear him, so she has no idea. She's staring off, and then just what goes to look back realizes, oh, he's gone. What happened? Sees him down in there. He's making noises. Creature comes. They're they're almost killed. They finally figure out a way to get out. I don't even remember how they got out at this point. I think they climbed up on top of a metal piece of scrap metal mm-hmm. and were able to get out of there. So they get out and they end up... I think they went to the truck. I think so. And the dad shows up, and he's like, you know, this is where you see, like, he's grabbing him and hugging him and telling her, no, I love you, I've always loved you, blah, blah, blah. And I think this is the point where we first see... No, it's not. It was earlier on where she was having the issues with the cochlear implant, the new one that he gave her. He gave her a new one, and there was just this high-pitched sound. Oh, it's fine. Who cares? We're free-flowing. As you can tell by my review here. <laughs> oh, when these things get close, and it, her cochlear implant is like on the same frequency that they're on or something. So it's causing this high-pitched noise, which is... She can hear. Even though she's deaf, it's like in her head. So that's a point. It comes back. It happens when he's there with them and one of the creatures comes up. And... John Krasinski's character does the noble self-sacrifice, which kind of made him look like a badass. It did. Because he goes out there and just, like, yells and makes noise so the kids can get away. And it's really, 
it's really kind of emotional too because the kids are there having to turn away from seeing their dad ripped to shreds. Yep. So after he does that and the creatures are preoccupied, they put the truck into gear to silently roll to the house. If you remember that part, they did. They put it in gear and kind of steered it close to the house. They get there and the mom and the baby are there and they're basically like, okay, dad's dead. We've got the baby and us and you. What are we going to do? And they're looking on, because they have like a surveillance system, and they see the creatures are coming. So then the the girl realizes, as they get closer, and her implant's going off, you know, emitting that high that only she can hear. I think only she could No, the others could hear it too. I don't remember. Faintly. Faintly, but she got near a microphone that was attached to a speaker and just jammed her implant next to it and it causes the creatures to like start to freak out so then Emily Blunt has a shotgun and just starts blowing these fuckers to hell which the end of the movie when she's kind of there like looking at her kids and like gives them the nod and like cocks the shotgun and that's where we end spoilers if you haven't seen it I just spoiled the end (laughs) I don't care (laughs) it was a little hokey but overall I really liked it. I liked that we didn't get an explanation as to what the creatures are, why they're here, how did humanity fall so fast, and why are there no other survivors. I liked that we didn't get that. I liked that it, the story just picked up with this family however many years this has been going on. Now, I know you... Hate that. <laughs> Exactly. I wanted less emotional nonsense, and I wanted more of the creatures. I wanted to understand... No! No! I need to know what's going on. You can't just say there are monsters now. Okay, and? (laughs) And you have to kill them now. Oh, okay. The end. Okay. Well, let let me pose this. What if the explanation was... These were animals that had been genetically tested on so they could try and cure uh, hearing disabilities like deafness or partial hearing loss or this and that. And somehow whatever they did mutated into these creatures. Yeah, that's fine. No, that's dumb. At least it's an answer. But it's ho- it's even more hokey than the ending. <laughs> Sometimes less is more. And I feel with this movie, my own opinion... Mm-hmm. It, it worked perfectly for that. I know your opinion is different, and I respect your opinion. It was a good movie. From. It was a good movie. The acting was amazing. The monsters were awesome. Those were my favorite Very unique. Part. I love... Very good. I like when they listen, like the little things yeah. are like open. Yeah. They're totally different than anything I had seen. However, the entire movie, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Middle of the movie, I'm like, what's going on? At the end of the movie, I'm like, what was going on? <laughs> I I need that closure. See, and I'm one of those that, when someone presents a movie like that, like, hey, we're not going to tell you what happened. We're just going to pick up somewhere down the line. Here's a family, you're following their story, and that's it. I'm okay with that if it's done well like this was. I mean, all of the acting was great, and seeing... We know Emily Blunt can act because she's been yes. in movies. She's done a lot of movies. 
John Krasinski, I had only seen clips of him on The Office. So I didn't know he had this range. Right. And I also didn't know that he could direct. And he, I loved every aspect of the directing of this movie. Even the kid actors. The child actors in this were great. Even though yeah, the they one were. Kid, even though the youngest doesn't have much to do. He still had that like innocence like, oh, well, I'm going to take the batteries from my toy because what if I want to play with it? Well, you played with it, and now you're dead. Yep. That sounds a lot like some kind of religious thing as well. <laughs> if you play with it, you'll die. But overall, I really liked it. I know my Good review movie. was kind of meandering. I will do better in the future to have a more concise review of a movie that we watch. Or not. This was a couple weeks ago, so some of the details are lost. <laughs> I need to watch it again. Yeah. I want to own it. When it hits Blu-ray, this is one I will buy. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's still in theaters, I believe. It may even be in the dollar theaters at this point. If you're someone who likes to go watch movies there, go for it. I say go see it. I liked it. The acting was top-notch. Even the actress Millicent Simmons, who played Reagan, who was actually deaf, she was awesome. And for someone that can't hear... To be able to give that kind of performance was great. Because I don't know if having hearing loss like that can prevent you from being able to take direction on a movie set. I don't know. So I give her a lot of credit because her performance was great. Yeah, it really Everyone was. Everyone was good. It's, <laughs> that is a high recommend from me. I know you're kind of like, yeah, it, it is good. good. It is a good movie. But you wish they gave you more explanation as to what yeah. what happened and led up to it, yeah. a little prologue or something. Yeah. And I can understand that. I just appreciate it when a movie has, has the balls to just be like, no, we're not giving an explanation. Or they're lazy. You some, know. some movies need it. <laughs> Some don't. I feel this is one that didn't. We're, for me. Yeah, we're going to disagree on it. Yeah. Politely disagree. Oh, once the microphone's off, I'm going to beat your ass. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would lose that fight. Yes, you would. I would get my ass kicked, people. <laughs> She's feisty. No, I'm not. But, yeah. Uh, it's It's a high recommend. Go see it. I feel like I we had myself. other... I feel like we had other movies that we saw too I don't remember if there was because we talk about movies all the time and I yeah and I'm, I was trying to remember earlier before we started recording if there was anything else I don't think so I don't think so I think the only other thing that we should have covered at the top of the show was that uh, we are kind of excited for Glow season 2 oh yeah hitting Netflix next That'll Friday be fun. the 29th yeah yeah, because I didn't think I would like it, and then we sat down and watched the first season, and it's it was really Pretty good. good, yeah. I lots did not want to like it, and it's really good. Lots of boobs. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, in the first couple episodes, it was just boobs. It's like, wow. <laughs> well, okay, that's the kind of show we're going with. Of course, I'm not going to I'm, I'm complain. Not. I mean, I'm a, I'm a guy who loves boobs. Mm-hmm. Even bad boobs. I'm like, well, they're boobs doesn't make me happy to see him, but I'm like, eh, at least we got tits in the movie. But, uh, yeah, season two of Glow. Yeah, Let's season two of Glow. get off the tits talk here. <laughs> <laughs> tit Welcome talk. to tits talk. 
Talk about all the improvements in tits over the last 20 years. Okay, that was a horrible segue. <laughs> Telling you. I think we're going to wrap this one up. Yeah. I'm quickly going to give you guys the cult classic movie recommendation for this episode. I pondered for a while about this. I thought about several movies, some we have talked about, that we're going to cover in future episodes. Okay. Want a date? If that's a hint. Yeah! Uh, but this week's cult classic movie, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Why did I pick this? Because I fucking love this it's movie. It's one of your favorite movies. It is one of my favorites. It was released by Orion Pictures in 1988, directed by Stephen Kyoto. Kyoto Brothers did all the effects on the movie. They created the creatures. It's an awesome movie. A great homage to those 50s sci-fi monster movies. Especially like The Blob, because it's pretty much the story of The Blob when you think about it. Mm -hmm. But it's so great. Aliens who look like clowns invade Earth to feed upon humans. What more could you ask for in a movie? You do hate clowns. I fucking hate clowns, but I will watch that movie every day. It's going to sound like a crazy explanation. Those clowns don't scare me. Because I know they're just aliens who look like clowns. I know the movies aren't real people. Stay with me on this. I know they're not real aliens. So the explanation in that movie is they're aliens who just happen to look like clowns from Earth. Cool. I know what they are. When I see someone at a kid's party with their face painted up like a clown, fuck that. I don't know what lies underneath that makeup. And I don't mean like, oh, some hideous, deformed creature. I mean, the person underneath could be some dark, twisted motherfucker. And that scares me. Mm -hmm. Because it's not cool. <laughs> Clowns are fucking twisted, evil... Demonic spawns of Satan. I don't get it. I'm one of those people. I, I don't understand being afraid of clowns, but for you, I've seen you be afraid of them. Yes. You know, when someone used to tell me, oh, clowns freak me out. I hate clowns. I'm like, you're so stupid. How dumb can you be? You are retarded. But then I see, like, your genuine... <laughs> your genuine fear reactions to clowns, and I'm like, yeah. oh, holy shit. People really are afraid of clowns. Yeah, and it's not that, like, oh, I'm crying in a corner fetal position fear. It's... <laughs> Don't lie. No, no, no. I get seriously afraid. And some people listening will probably be like, oh, you're such a pussy. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Google images of old clowns like Leanne did for me one day and then showed me this whole listing. No, I didn't I show you the you whole listing. You I showed, showed me one. You I was going to explain. The listing and yeah, and see? then I clicked into it mm -hmm. and started looking at these pictures and was getting seriously <laughs> freaked out one by one and I kept going through. You did because a part of my illness here because I'm going to assume this fear of clowns is some sort of mental instability on some level. <laughs> is while it freaks me out, I like the rush of the adrenaline I get from the fear, so I keep looking at these images of this fucked up clown shit. And one of the images actually, like, scared you, like, to make you, like, jump back. Yeah. Yeah, it was that fucked up. I was like, why do you keep looking at it, you weirdo? Yeah, yeah so when there's movies with clowns, like It 1990... 
freaked me out. <laughs> the new it, I don't, I, I like it. I'll watch it. But if somebody were to come up to my door on Halloween dressed like Pennywise, boot in the chest. <laughs> Someone comes up to the house dressed as a killer clown from outer space. I'm giving them the whole bucket of candy. Mm. I couldn't figure out what word it was. It's bowl, and I said bucket. I'm dumping. The <laughs> I wasn't whole, gonna say. Anything. I'm dumping the whole bowl of candy in their bag, because obviously one, they love the movie. Mm-hmm. Two, they took time to create a good costume, and three, nobody else can top that. No other kid. I don't care how cute the kid is. They're like, oh look, I'm a little lion. You didn't do that. So you take your little lion outfit and get the hell out of here. He took all the candy. You go talk to him. <laughs> yeah, in a roundabout way, that's my <laughs> way of saying I highly, highly, highly recommend Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. Is it campy? Is it full of 80s cheese? Is it ridiculous at times? Yes, but that's what makes it so good. Just do yourself a favor. Find a copy and buy it. If you have to buy the DVD version, buy it. I believe uh, Scream Factory is releasing a new version that I will probably buy because I've bought this movie three different times now. I will probably be buying that version because it's going to have all these special features. So if you know what Scream Factory, Shout Factory is, go check their website. I think there's one coming out. Just pick up Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's, (laughs) It's so fun. You will not hate me for recommending you buy this. Am I saying drop $80 on a VHS copy? Fuck no. But find the DVD, find the digital, whatever. Seek it out. Watch this movie. You need to see it. It is a cult classic for a reason. And with that, we're going to call this a show. Mm-hmm. You can find us at skeweduniverse.podomatic.com. You can listen to all the episodes there. Go to Facebook. You can find the Facebook group page. If you can't find us on Facebook, point your browsers to skewardhead.com. There is a button that will direct you directly to the Facebook group page. You can get there. Check out all the stuff I'm posting. We are even on Instagram. I don't do a whole lot on there, (laughs) but I'm on there. Skewered underscore universe, all lowercase if that matters. I don't know how Instagram works. I just know you post pictures and people say shit. I don't know. And also, if you're on Twitter, go to the official Skewered Universe Twitter. It is at Skewered U. That is at Skewered U. That's the official podcast Twitter handle. And that's it. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this. A little bit of meandering review of A Quiet Place, but that's what happens. This is how I run the show, people. So until next time... Just keep enjoying that universe that is just a little bit hmm, skewered. <laughs>